Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. You know, Dan, we talk so much about religious freedom on this show, but there's one organization that many of our listeners probably aren't aware of, which is the International Religious Freedom Association. And they're having their World Congress next year. And I certainly want our listeners to know about it and to know this is something that is very much worth attending. And here to talk about the work of ERLA and the World Congress, my good friend Dwayne Leslie, Director of Legislative Affairs for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Dwayne, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thanks, Alan. Always a pleasure to be on your program. And I know you also have uh, some title with respect to uh, ERLA. I'm the Deputy Secretary General for the International Religious Liberty Association. I love these titles, Deputy Secretary General. I mean, it sounds like the United Nations or something. Yes. But I, but I think kind of that's really what ERLA is. It's kind of the United Nations of Religious Freedom, isn't it? And that's exactly right. It's actually the oldest uh, non-sectarian uh, religious freedom uh, association in the United States. And the, really the goal is to bring together uh, people of faith and of no faith at all shared under the common vision to protect and promote religious freedom, not only here in the United States, but around the world. So tell us about the World Congress. How, what, there's been several before. What number is this one? Sure. This is the 8th World Congress, and uh, we've had them in various places around the world, from Manila to Cape Town, South Africa, to most recently in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic in 2012. It's every five years, and we bring together uh, about 1,000 people from all over the world to uh, listen, learn, and be equipped um, in what's happening in religious freedom and find ways to network and possibly be better equipped to uh, go back to your various regions of the world and be a more effective advocate for religious freedom. So this is going to be the first time, at least in my memory, that the Congress, the World Congress, will be in the United States, in Florida, right? That's the first time in the United States. It will be in, uh, in Hollywood, Florida, which is uh, about 10 minutes south of Fort Lauderdale at a very lovely resort at the Diplomat Resort and Spa. And uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have it in the United States, because oftentimes they're uh, in various parts of the world, um, but really as we try to move around, we really wanted to, to have a chance to give our friends here in the U.S. a chance to come and attend this at a, at a very reasonable price. And, and also hopefully we'll have a very good turnout from folks here in the U.S. and Canada. What is the theme of next year's World Congress? The theme is religious freedom and the hope for peaceful coexistence. And some of that is really driven by, as we see the news every day, uh, we see all kinds of strife and um, violence against uh, people of faith. And actually, even with atheists, people of no faith. And uh, we have blasphemy laws in places like Pakistan, we have uh, sectarian violence. We see what's happening with Boko Haram in Nigeria and many places around the world. And so even in the latest Pew Forum study, which shows that 77% of the world's population live under some form of restriction on the ability to practice your faith, to follow your conscience. That number keeps going up. I think when I first started citing it, it was like at 70%. Yes. 
correct. And then recently, 75%. Now it's up to 77%. It's gone up every year. Ouch. That's really the most uh, troubling thing that I see because for the places like here in the United States where we have relative freedom, uh, some, when you hear these stories, they sound like they're a world away. But um, when you see even what's happening with ISIS and uh, the Yazidis who have been forced to flee because of religious persecution, um, these are very real stories. And we need to at least first shine a light on these abuses and then also empower people to raise their voices so that uh, when we hear these stories, we don't just let them pass us by. Do people of influence come to these world congresses? We do. And so what we, in addition to, uh, first of all, it's open to anyone in the public, any one of your listeners who would like to attend uh, will be able to. Uh, and our website, irla.org, will give you all the information that you need for registration and uh, the ability to learn who some of the, the speakers are. But in the past, we've had government officials, we've had faith leaders, uh, we've had representatives from NGOs, uh, we've had journalists. And bringing all those folks together, it's an opportunity to learn from each other and also to hear from, from high-profile individuals uh, who all share the common goal of promoting religious freedom. Are there any particular high-profile individuals that our listeners would recognize who um, you know or uh, have accepted to attend next year? Well, one of the um, uh, Ambassador Robert Seipel, who was the, the first ambassador at large for international religious freedom, uh, appointed by President Bill Clinton, um, will be there. And uh, he's been a longtime uh, supporter and uh, president of the International Religious Liberty Association. But uh, with his long uh, history of fighting for religious freedom, um, both at the government level and in the private sector, uh, and, and the NGO world, uh, we really look forward to honoring him for his work and uh, and hearing what he has to say. We'll also hear from uh, Ted Wilson, who's the president of Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, we also intend to have other uh, religious leaders and academic scholars who will be presenting as well. So um, for those listeners whose interest has been piqued, we'll be sure and uh, post the erla.org web address on our website also. So we want to make sure that you can find it right. and find the information. And the one other thing I want to mention too, Alan, in addition, the way the program is structured, it's not just all sitting and listening to plenary speeches all day. And so um, in the mornings, we have large plenary sessions. And then in the afternoon, we have breakout sessions uh, by language. So we'll have two English, two Spanish, French, and Portuguese, where we can get into specific issues that are more germane to different parts of the world. And so we're actually going to have a whole track for uh, issues that are specific to the United States. So um, you'll have a chance to not only learn what's happening in the world, but if you're interested, you'll be able to have a whole track during the breakouts focused on uh, North American issues. I'm wondering, you were there for the last World Congress. Can you point to any specific improvements or results that came out of uh, the last time the group met? Sure. I, I think one thing that I can point to specifically in the country of Dominican Republic that was our host in 2012, um, the level of government engagement that came from this, we got very positive feedback from the government leaders. We had um, several uh, representatives from the government and then local uh, senators in the area who uh, were very impressed with the work of IRLA. And then the other thing that spun off of that was we were able to establish 
and strengthen regional offices in other parts of the world, particularly in Brazil, uh, in Chile, other countries in South America. And so, again, our goal is not just to put on an entertaining conference, but it really is to push this kind of activity down to a local and regional level to, again, empower and equip uh, interested individuals to make a difference in their community. Well, and looking back, it seems like um, with the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, Erla came into a real growth spurt and began to promote local and regional chapters. And now there's several dozen of them all over the world, aren't there? Absolutely. And that's what we really consider a success, because our goal is to, again, to really engage uh, in, at a regional level. And so what we do at Erla is to give them the necessary resources to, uh, to form these local associations, because that's where, that's where the at a grassroots level, that's where you could make a difference. I mean, what we can do is provide resources and information, but uh, if we're not helping people make a difference locally, then I think we would consider ourselves to have failed. Well, and I think that's where the real, um, you know, the rubber meets the road is the ongoing work. Right. These are things that they're not going to make the news. People don't hear about people coming together to you know, share perspectives and to work for peace. They hear about when things go bad, not when things go well. No, and, and in some ways, when you don't hear things, hopefully, you know, one of the things that I do in my full-time job is to, uh, as soon as I hear of a problem, try to, to address it before it becomes a media story. And so if we can do things through quiet diplomacy, uh, through uh, pre-existing relationships, we really try to do that. Um, but when we don't hear things, it's easy for people to think, oh, everything is fine. Um, but oftentimes we're fighting very actively behind the scenes to uh, rectify problems before they get bigger. So one of the things that I think pretty apparent to most of us is that there's a lot of religious liberty problems within the Islamic uh, world, in the nations that are predominantly Islamic. Mm -hmm. Um, do government officials or faith leaders from Islamic countries attend the World Congress? We did not have any in the last time, but we would love to do that. Uh, but obviously, it's, uh, that takes um, some ongoing discussions. And uh, most recently, I was at an international conference in Berlin, and I actually had a chance to speak with uh, some members of parliament from Pakistan. Uh, and I mentioned the Congress to them, and uh, they expressed some interest in attending. And so I hope this year that uh, we'll be able to have some representation, because uh, their individuals, who even though they're in the government there, are still very supportive of religious freedom. And it would it'd be interesting to hear their voices and their perspective, and I think our attendees would. And so that's one of the projects that I'm working on for our Congress next year. Well, we're going to record another show today about um, a notorious blasphemy uh, prosecution in Pakistan where two prominent government officials have been assassinated for opposing blasphemy laws. So that's a particularly troubling situation for religious freedom in Pakistan. If you can open a dialogue with leaders in Pakistan, that would be a tremendous development. And as Michael, and, and like I said, I've, I've had some preliminary discussions, and uh, I hope to have ongoing conversations with them uh, to try to make it happen to facilitate their attendance. 
But, you know, I think our listeners can appreciate how difficult and important this kind of diplomatic work is and the need to support the work of the International Religious Liberty Association, even if if listeners, I mean, many listeners obviously are not going to be able to attend. Are there ways that they can, um, you know, find out about some of the programs? Are there going to be materials online? Absolutely. Is there a way to financially support the event? Well, the main thing we would ask them to do is we will be able, we're going to be live streaming uh, some of the keynote events. And then on our website, uh, IRLA.org, and then on Twitter, uh, at IRLA underscore USA, will be a great way to follow what's happening in real time. So, you know, the easiest way, I think, for listeners, if for whatever reason you don't get to IRLA.org directly, I'm certainly going to be posting um, regularly on my Alan Reinock Facebook page uh, and links and what have you. So we certainly want to be sure that all of our listeners can participate uh, in whatever way you're able. If you can attend, it would be great, especially for church leaders, I think. It would Definitely. be, you know, for pastors and administrators, would be a real blessing uh, for you guys to attend. Our guest today has been Dwayne Leslie, Director of Legislative Affairs for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, uh, what was your title again? Deputy Secretary General for the IRLA. For the International Religious Liberty Association, the upcoming Congress. What are the dates again? August 22 to 24, 2017 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Very good. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Thanks, Alan. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We offer help to those suffering religious discrimination, especially in employment. So check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud, so check us out. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.